Hello, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, the bi-weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, novelist, Sayward B. Eller, and today in the proverbial booth, I have women's fiction author Elizabeth Sumner Waffler. But first, please note that this interview is pre-recorded, so the sound may be different than what this introduction is. Please, if you're wearing earbuds, adjust your volume until the episode comes on and you can gauge what the volume will be like. Thanks for sticking around. Let's get into it. Okay, welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Say. I'm delighted to be here. My very first question, the question I always ask the authors who come onto the show, is what genre do you write and how long have you been writing? I write women's fiction, um, but I am about to, well, my first book um, called In Robin's Nest, I thought it was women's fiction, but it turned out to be a romance, and I I had no idea what I was doing, (laughs) so I had taught school for 20 years, and when I retired in um, 2013, I decided to try my hand at writing my own fiction. So it's been eight years now, and um, that book really turned out to be more of a boy meets girl story, even though it's a family saga and mm-hmm. it goes back in time. But you know, genre technically, it, it's not women's fiction. But I learned a lot about women's fiction when I um, joined the Women's Fiction Writers Association and um, did so many webinars and you know took classes and Mm -hmm. studied and within two years with that organization I was director of craft education so (laughs) I really really learned a lot and now I know exactly what to do with uh, women's fiction but my next book um, the one coming out in July um, A Cleft in the World is definitely women's fiction but the next one, the fifth one, I'm writing a Christmas cozy romance. Oh, I love it. I'm very much a Hallmark kind of person. Like, I am all into, like, their summer series that they do, the, the Christmas in July, and then the fall series, and then the actual Christmas. I'm all over it. <laughs> I I can't tell you how exciting this has been. I have, I'm setting the novel in my hometown of Greenville, South Carolina. And it is going to be set at the um, Grand Bohemian Lodge. And each each Bohemian, Bohemian Lodge has its own art collection. And the one in Greenville is a Native American art. Um, they curate Native American art and they sell some of it. And some is just, you know, decorative. But it is a gorgeous, gorgeous place. And they were thrilled that I was going to write um, to have it set there, and I think it's kind of a win-win mm-hmm. because they have, say where they have offered, they are throwing me a launch party. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm going to be able to sell my books there, and it's it's not coming out until um, October of 24, but it will be, I'm going to be able to go this Christmas season like I did last, just to hang out and write there, take my computer, and just, you know, absorb it all and be right there where, where it is. And they've given me carte blanche to, they've given me a tour and carte blanche to um, have any ancillary events I want there. 
Oh wow, that is oh, awesome! It's just, like, magical. Yes, that I is like the dream. I haven't it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited just because I I love just that. I don't even know how to explain it. Sometimes I just really like a nice, cozy, romantic story, you know? And that's when I turned Hallmark on. <laughs> and I ordered a book. Um, I don't have it in here, but I ordered a book. And it's um, right, oh, writing, um, writing Romance Beats, something like oh, yeah. that. And it's at the bottom it says how to write kissing books. <laughs> <laughs> so because this, these are clean it's, mm -hmm. all they do is kiss and so it's a really great little book I've enjoyed I've thought about picking it up I'm not a planner so I usually don't get books that have anything to do with planning your beats or anything like that so that's why and I don't write romance so I was like well it looks like it would be really neat but it's not I don't know if I should get it so maybe I'll check it out anyway <laughs> It, it is a different way of looking at the structure. Fantastic. Well, I'll take a look at it anyway. Just I'm trying to, you know, keep educated on all these, on the, all the different genres mm -hmm. because I think that's how we excel. That's one of the ways that we can excel in the genre that we're writing in is by knowing what's going on in all the other genres as well. And um, interesting. That's a good point. I can. My first critique group. I was writing a historical women's fiction novel and they were all mystery writers. So it was, it was really neat to learn how to critique outside of my genre. And this was my first time critiquing. So it taught me a yeah. lot. Yeah. I highly recommend it. <laughs> now you did mention that you're retired. So, well, from paid work, <laughs> <laughs> so, are you still the director of the edu craft and education with WFWA? No, I, I did that for two years, and that was, you know, all I could do. Yeah. But, I, yeah, like I said, I learned, I did learn so much. Yeah. What do you do outside of writing? Do you do, like, um, some volunteer work? I did. We, um moved from Virginia to South Carolina two years ago and last year um, I, I did volunteer um, at some I had some volunteer things in Virginia but when we moved here we had been here um, about a year and I got breast cancer mm -hmm. so I ended up I ended up being able to do it all surgically I didn't have to have any other treatments and I went ahead and had a double mastectomy and then that was in March and then in July I had reconstruction surgery and so it was all done I didn't mm -hmm. have to do anything else because it hadn't spread and Thank there's goodness. like this much of a chance that mm -hmm. it could recur in the breast but highly unlikely and so I'm done. But that really sucked away a whole year of my life. Yeah. You know, and so I've just been building back up to it. And um, I love decorating. <laughs> and we just extended and screened our back porch. And I'm decorating that. And really right now I've just been in total promotion, full-on mode for um, 
for this next book, mm -hmm. we went to Maine. I love going on business trips with my husband, and we went to Maine last week, and I had the temerity to doll up and go to these independent bookstores in every little you know, city we went through and showed up, gave them bookmarks. They looked up my book and asked them if they would consider carrying it. And every single one said, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. So, you know, that, that might be helpful yeah. to other people. Yeah, you know, absolutely. got to do it. And one of my mottos is it never hurts to ask. Exactly. I, because we're all trying, especially those of us who don't have the big five publishers behind us, those of us who are self-published, hybrid published, we need to know how to get our stuff out there. And we need to see other authors taking those steps to, yeah. to ask because personally I get so nervous and I feel like I don't want to bother anyone. So I, I'm one of those people who might not ask. So it's great to hear that you took that chance and it paid off. And, and I hope that every single one of them, Gets the book. Right, and because I am indie or hybrid, I also um, asked three um, celebrity, in my eyes, writers um, whose work I've been reading, you know, for probably 20 years, and they're like my age or even older, and um, I made up an ask letter and been very professional and told them, you know, how much their work had meant to me and which books that I'd be embarrassed to tell them how many times I've read them. <laughs> And in the last part, I said, I know you appreciate, uh, I said, I'm going to step to the end of the diving board here and uh, attach a synopsis. And then I said, would you consider reading my book and writing a blurb for it? And uh, Jacqueline Mitchard, do you know who she is? Or I think it's Mitchard. I don't. I've been reading her a long time. But she even came back to me and said, of course I will do this and call me Jackie. Oh, I love it. It was fantastic. So I have um, three celebrities blurbs on my um, cover, and then I stretched and applied for a Kirkus review and got a great one. And so that's so hard to gotta do. you got to go out there and you got to ask. Yes, yes. And that's so important. I, I'm so glad you shared that because it's important for new writers to hear as well as those of us who've been doing it for a little while. So I appreciate that. Now talking about your upcoming release, you had a 2022 release to Panga Canyon with She Writes Press. And that was your first. And that one was indie. Oh, that one was. That's all me. Oh my goodness. And we just talked about that as well. I'm sorry. So you self-published Topanga Canyon in 2022. I did. So A Cleft in the World is going to be your first release with She Writes Press? Correct. And that comes out July 11th. This episode Thanks. should drop around July 5th, so it will be out Woo! next week if you're listening. <laughs> and then, of course, you spoke about um, In Robin's Nest, which was reprinted by Author House in 2020. And you also released Georgie's Girl. You self-published that in yeah. um, 2020. So, usually when I talk about indie authors, what I'm talking about is self-published authors. Because I feel like the line between being published with an independent publisher and the line uh, being self-published, these are two distinctly different experiences. But, 
everybody in the group, whether they're published through an independent press or they've published themselves, they're all independently published. So I think that we can refer to self-published authors as indie authors, and it's fine. Absolutely. <laughs> but I don't have a lot of writers. I think you're my first writer to be on the show who has published with a hybrid press, and that is She Writes. And what I would love is for you to tell us a little bit about the experience. Is it vastly different from self-publishing? Is it very similar to self-publishing? What are some of your favorite things about hybrid versus self? Uh, what I love particularly about She Writes is that they are an all-women-run company. And they're in Berkeley, out of Berkeley, California. And they, just the support, you have a, pro, you're assigned a project manager. And she takes you through all the steps. And, you know, you have to pay. Mm -hmm. you're, you're paying to publish with them. And, but they are so thorough and so, um, they, you know, pro, my project manager, like, we're like buds now. And I've already signed a contract with them for my Christmas book for next year. And she will be my project manager again because we have a working relationship now. And it's nice that I know what it looks like this time. I know, you know, first the first one of the first steps where they gave you um, a tip sheet, they call it, and you have to come up with um, comparables. And I really couldn't find any, but my project manager found the perfect ones. Oh, nice. So that was easy. And... Um, then you you have to gosh I, I just can't remember it's you know it was a year ago that we started with it but she would prompt me when it was time to do each new step a lot of the process and like cover design when we did cover design I gave her sort of a vision of what I wanted it's set on a, a women's college campus so she came up with um, a, you know, a group of students, you know, they're not distinguishable, but they're sitting under a tree and you can see some like academic looking buildings in the background mm -hmm. and it's just beautiful. I told her the colors I wanted and we made one little tweak. She gave me like four um, mock covers to look at and consider and I had them all lined up on my bulletin board and had people I mean, I'd say, which one of these do you like? And everybody liked the one that um, that I chose. The font is really cool. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about them is they know what covers sell right now. They're not going to give you a cover that doesn't relate to, you know, that doesn't look anything like your story or one that is not, um, they, they, they know how to tell you which one is going to pop mm -hmm. in today's market. And, so, you know, they're the, they're the professionals. So I was very pleased with that. And then came the eyeball-popping uh, reads. There were three read-throughs. I had um, an editor assigned to it that, that went through the whole thing. And then she, I had to come up with, um, corrections that I wanted to make or things maybe that she didn't catch and I had to list um, page, paragraph and line oh. for each word or phrase or whatever it was it was intense you know, and tedious but um, 
it was nice going through that process. It taught me a lot about editing my own work. So we did that, and then we they had a formatting um, process that she went through, and we also have what's called um, a secret SWP Sisters um, web page. Oh, nice. And it's secret just because it's private, but they mm -hmm. call it secret. So, you know, we're supposed to, she writes sisters. So in your cohort, which mine was 2023 for this for this current book, um, and then that I've already um, been put into the new one for the next year. Mm -hmm. But that way you can get in there together and discuss things and talk about things um, that maybe you know, that you have questions about that some of them may know um, more than you know or um, certainly more than I know, and um, they're able to give you, you know, we can exchange ideas, and they can give you insight and give you ideas about um, promotion. That's how I learned about um, making sh making sure that I got a nice bookmark mm -hmm. from Mister Print, and um, you anybody I see that looks like I know what my ideal reader looks like, and it's usually women that look sophisticated and a little bit older, maybe, mm -hmm. and um, I can spot them. <laughs> I see it see someone in line at a deli or something, and I'll say, "Are you a reader?" And they'll say, well, yes, I am. And if they, you know, if they, if they react like that or they say, I read all the time, then they're my girl. Mm -hmm. And they, they get a bookmark. <laughs> and, but if they say, uh, not so much or, you know, I really don't have time, then I'll just say, oh, well, I'm an author. And um, so I'm, I'm looking for readers. And then I'll move on because mm -hmm. I, I know who they are. Oh, yeah. So she writes what i'm what i'm gauging are the, the vast differences between self publishing and this hybrid publishing is you are getting an insight and you're developing skills that you can actually take into your self publishing if you want to with sure. editing with marketing and knowing with learning how to approach people which it it seems like you already know how to approach people but all of these little nuances that go into helping a larger publisher maybe get a book to where it is perfect, well, as close to perfect as a book can be, and getting it marketed. So it sounds like with a hybrid press, and I imagine it's very close, uh, very, very similar to a small press experience, is teaching you the skills for the nuanced things when it comes mm -hmm. to the business side of what we do. And mm -hmm. that is very important to be able to take back to your self-publishing if you choose to self-publish another book, of course. Mm -hmm. And do you think that you, right. you might self-publish another book in the future, or do you think that hybrid is really the way for you? Well, I think that I already told you that... I owe them my first grandchild, <laughs> yes. especially with signing the contract with the second book. So um, I, unless these do really, really well, which I'm very optimistic about, mm -hmm. then maybe 
I, I wouldn't. It was a great experience. It really was a great experience. Um, I highly recommend them to anyone. And because um, this this story, A Cleft in the World, is um, my most female empowering work so far. And I thought, what a great fit mm-hmm. for an all-run oh, nice. um, women empowerment believing um outfit so oh sure so and going to that we have a few more minutes left for my final very important question but a cleft in the world comes out july 11th and i imagine we'll be able to buy it wherever books are sold yes everywhere will you tell us a little bit more about the story so that the listeners can decide if this is a book that they want to rush out and buy on july 11th (laughs) Oh, yes, please. So you mentioned Georgie Girl earlier. That was my second book, and it was about a girl, a faculty daughter, growing up on the campus of an all-boys boarding school, Mm -hmm. which happened to be my experience. But it is not a memoir. However, there are things that Georgie and her best friend do that um, I'm just kind of might have done, but I'm not messing up to any of those. Um, but it was a great story. And um, at the end, and it was funny and um, very poignant as well. And at the end, there's a traumatizing event that um, we leave, we leave Georgie at 14. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she was very much a part of me by that time and sort of me in a lot of ways, but not the, I didn't have the tragedy that she does in the novel. So, um, I've always had, I wanted to write more about Georgie and her boyfriend Truman in, in that book. So when I had this opportunity, I decided I was going to write about Georgie at 45. Oh, so now, in A Cleft in the World, Georgie is a French professor um, at an all-women's college in Virginia, and it's loosely based on a college um, named Sweetbriar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know. You have Virginia connections, too, don't you? Yes, I was born in Virginia. <laughs> okay. Well, you know about Sweetbriar. It almost went under probably about 10, 15 years now. Mm-hmm. But that's where I I drew my inspiration from that. And I wanted a a heroine who could save her school. And I came up with a fictitious college. I named it Willa Cather College because Willa Cather is one of my favorite uh, literary authors, you know, from the uh, 1900s. Mm -hmm. And Willa Cather has, there's a quote by her, I think it's in um, O Pioneer's um, but it's how lovely it would be to dream out one's life in some cleft in the world. And I took that and I thought about, here's Georgie. She's an agoraphobic. She can leave her house and um, she it goes all around the campus and she can move about the town and has a car and, and you know, is about the town. But this is her whole life being... Um, this, you know, she's Madame Bricker, and this is her whole existence, and her whole raison d'etre is being this French professor. She's never married. So, in the beginning, she finds out that the school may be forced to shut her, 
because of um, the, well, it's actually the chairman of the board. This is kind of a spoiler. Has been doing a little embezzling. Oh, no. So, um, she freaks out. This is her inciting event. She freaks out because, and this is her raison d'etre her whole life. Where would I go? What would I do? And um, she immediately starts working on um, improving the French department and beefing that up because, you know, when they cut programs, usually languages and arts are first to go. Mm-hmm. So she immediately comes up with a um, her French teacher from the eighth grade, which is also who is also in Georgie Girl. They're still pen pals, although um, Madame Beaulieu has moved to, she's back to Paris. Mm -hmm. So she works up a study abroad program, um, an exchange program with her former teacher in Paris so that she can send her students there and and vice versa. So she does that, and she has this darling group of young women that um, they are so cool and so quirky and so fun. And they um, help her come up with a ginormous rally, and they invite all the alumni from the college throughout the years. Anybody, no matter, you know, from the youngest to the oldest alum, come back to the campus and put on this rally fundraiser, and they end up saving the school. Oh, that's awesome. But one of my... One of my favorite things about it is they hire, in the beginning, they hire a financial consultant from Atlanta to come in, this random finance guy or finance geek, you know, to come in. Well, it's her boyfriend, Truman, from Georgie Girl, and they haven't seen each other in 34 years. And so one of my taglines was, by day, she's liaison to his faculty committee. By night, she's moth light to his porch. Oh, very nice. And so, of course, they strike back up, and I won't tell you how it ends. But I will tell you that um, one of my readers reviewed it, saying that it was one of the best H-E-A endings she'd ever read happily ever after. Yes. Fantastic. It's wonderful. So if anyone is looking for a happily ever after read this summer, A Cleft in the World will be available July 11th wherever books are sold. (laughs) That is awesome. Now we have about three minutes left. So my very last question, it's always the last question I ask, what is the best writing advice you have ever heard or been given? Wow, say word. <laughs> That's a tall order. Um, probably work. Oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> here's how I write. Um, and I've I read this from a lot of different authors in the past. To write one day and then edit what you wrote that day the next. So I don't, I try so hard to rein myself in and not edit as I go. Mm -hmm. And the brilliance comes in in the revising for me. So I have this little square, I'm looking at it on my bulletin board right now, that I laminated, it says, let the big dog eat. So remember that movie Tin Cup with Mm -hmm. um, Kevin Costner Mm -hmm. and Renee Russo? 
And so he's trying to teach her to play golf, and she's, um, he says, just let the big dog eat. Just, you know, just get, hit it. Get it out there. And so that's my little mantra, and I put that on my computer when I'm writing, the day I'm writing, just let the big dog eat, and then go back the next day and revise. Okay. Well, that's, I haven't quite heard that, although I do know writer, I know plenty of writers who edit as they go. I can't do it because it, I'm a pantser, so I have to get the whole story out, and then I go back and revise. But I think okay. for someone who really likes to edit as they go, this is really reaffirming for them because new writers, you know, they're they're always so worried about what they should and shouldn't do. So to hear a novelist who is almost five books into their career, right, to hear to hear you say that will be really reaffirming for some writers. So I appreciate oh. you sharing that. Thank you. I'm so glad. <laughs> well, we have about a minute and a half before Zoom cuts us off. So <laughs> I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today, for sharing about your publishing journey, and for talking about your book and giving us that fantastic writing advice. Well, it was so fun. I loved being with you. Well, thank you very much. And Thank you so much. We'll see one another around. <laughs> we will. All right. Have a great afternoon. You too. Have a lovely weekend. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to my conversation with Elizabeth Sumner Waffler, author of the upcoming A Cleft in the World. This episode will come out on July 5th, so you can find A Cleft in the World available next week through She Writes Press. I will put the information for Elizabeth's website below, as well as the information for her publisher, She Writes Press. As for me, I am enjoying the summer with my adorable little grandchildren, but I will be back with my newsletter in September of 2023. So look for that. About This Writing Things final newsletter will be September 2023 but I will still put out my personal newsletters so that those who are interested can follow me on my publishing journey. I hope you'll join me on July 19th when I speak with author Emma Desi about her recent release and what she's working on now, not to mention her favorite writing advice. Don't miss it. It's a good one. Thanks again for sticking around. As always, until next time, take care and keep writing.